Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today I am joined by Leon Young and Aaron Hooper of Next Level Escapes in Australia, and we are going to talk about mechanics in escape rooms. Woohoo! Yay! Welcome, Aaron and Leanne. Yay! Hey, Mama. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, Leanne and Aaron, I attacked Leanne basically during her talk, I think, when while her talk was going on. Uh, and I very much, I was very much enjoying it. So they spoke at Recon this year and had a fantastic talk on, you know, how your escape, like unique things you can do with your escape room and that sort of thing. Uh, but I should not introduce them like this. I should let them introduce themselves. So Leanne and Aaron, how about you talk about a little bit about yourselves and your escape room? You go, Leanne. Okay. Okay. Start us off. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Leanne. Um, I am one of the owners at Next Level Escape. We design and build all our own selves. We tend to focus on humor because, well, that's what we fall back on every time. Even when we try to make it serious, like we're working <laughs> something that we were trying to make like noirish, and it still ended up firmly in the humor bucket. <laughs> um, there's a lot of puns in noir, though. You got like there's there's just oh. you know there's usually some sort of joke about that. <laughs> I tried to like read some noir stuff to you know, get some of the narration going. And I'm like, this is the way they describe people. Just some of the classics, I'm like, as women especially, I'm like, I I cannot. But, you know, it's a great way to describe, <laughs> say, a sexy brass telescope. Sexy brass telescope. I mean, we can still describe this, the brass telescope like that. It still is the brass telescope. It still looks pretty good. I was going <laughs> to say, fun. like, Noir in itself is kind of hilarious now. Like anytime you see a, a noir homage, it's usually played up for laughs because of just how ridiculous the descriptions can get and that inner narration and that kind of thing. I think um, we were going for that actually, but uh, Leanne <laughs> decided it doesn't quite fit the narrative because we're on a space station. Yeah, and the then noir space like station. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> might still like it depends we'll see how it goes when we get everything in and then we start working on the narration <laughs> but sorry that was a total diversion but um, no 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 i think and i think humor in escape rooms is another thing we could probably touch on today too even because humor is something that people don't necessarily use a lot in escapes that there's a lot of opportunity and you sound like me when uh i have a lot of problems writing serious things too because i can't i had an audition recently like a writing audition Ooh. and they're like it's great but it doesn't really fit our style because like, they were writing a very serious very scary thing i'm like all right i'll write you a very serious very scary thing i'm like but i i'm gonna make this character super sarcastic and <laughs> <laughs> i can't what? like i can't not have somebody have throwing humor humorous thing jabs in there and they're like yeah no i'm like okay yeah i'll i'll go <laughs> Yes. That is definitely our problem. Yeah. We cannot oh, help but take the piss about everything. So <laughs> it makes for a good escape room or a good experience in general, I think. So Yes. But I mean, yes. If you're if we try to go for serious, I I don't know. I just do not know how it will turn out. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um, oh right. And so my name's Aaron. I'm the other owner at Next Level Escape. And uh, basically I kind of like doing all the 
electronics and all the programming and all that sort of technical stuff. That's the those are the problems that I like solving with the uh, with the escape room stuff. And I like the magic of you know bring it all alive. That's sort of yeah. That's my thing. That's a good balance. It's a good balance to have the the uh, designing and then the implementation of it. Uh, I'm I do have to ask a, a sort of interview question because I'm always curious. Uh, what was your kind of escape room origin story? Like, how did you get into the world of escape rooms? Where were you coming from, and how are you here now? Right. So this was whoa, a long time ago. Let's see, five six years ago, something. I used to be an economist. Um, oh wow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't quite enjoy the field of economics as much as uh, I did studying it. So working in the industry was a little bit, um, uh, wasn't as exciting. I did one escape room back when I sort of started my first job as an economist. And I basically thought, huh, uh, I could do better. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know how you go to a room sometimes there's like uh, the things that don't work properly or something like doesn't quite trigger properly and you're like i could do this this. i've got this puzzle right what's going on and you like ask for a hint they're like uh maybe adjust that picture frame and like click oh come on (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so basically there were a few hiccups in the first room i did and i thought oh i could probably improve on this and um uh, probably about a year or six months to a year after that um i quit my job and started next level escape um leanne came on the scene a few months after that actually so yeah so um, I got into escape rooms like, oh, eight, nine years ago. There was like one opened up in Brisbane, which is like, think small town. It's a capital city, but it counts as a small town, I feel. Um, and I made so it. we feel about Ottawa. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for it, but it is. It really is. I love it for it. But <laughs> yeah. So my sister took me there for my birthday and it was just like a really cool experience because I'd grown up playing, you know, like video games, point and clicks, all Mm -hmm. of those. Played, I think, Monkey Island like 10,000 times just because there were issues with the second CD and I could never get like chain CDs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was just really cool. And I started getting into them, started like reviewing them with a friend, I think, because we had a stopover in fin- Finland, I think it was after a holiday, and we're like, what are we going to do here? Why don't we just hit up escape rooms while we're at it? And, oh, I don't know, write reviews too. <laughs> Very random. So wow. that awesome. was how, yeah, that was how I got to know um, Aaron. And, yeah, I was, do- I was in, like, IT, like, business analyst kind of stuff, and I was just ready to just leave. I, I was at the point where I'm like, I will do anything. I will clean your toilets, pick up proof, walk your dog, whatever. Just don't. I do not want to be here anymore. And this came along. Leanne just packed her bags and shipped over to Sydney. And we were like, hey, we're just starting out. We we're like don't have like any money coming in right now. But hey, come join. <laughs> Quite the business pitch. Yeah. Oh, we, Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think all we need to do is say escape room to Leanne and she was like, Ooh. Yeah, I that's what I love about escape rooms actually is hearing where everybody else came from because it's so varied. It's it's there isn't like any one industry, uh, unless like you're in the US, it's like a lot of haunt industry people might be like, <sighs> Yay, let's do it because it's a natural fit. But I just find that there's there's like a ton of backgrounds coming into this like <laughs> business backgrounds, tech backgrounds, uh, even just like like engineering backgrounds, whatever, what have you. And 
it's economists. I'm a bookkeeper. It's it's just one of those like, yeah, uh, almost anybody can can uh, just kind of try it out for themselves and yeah, and bring yeah. a whole set of skills. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you learn so much just by doing and you don't realize like just all the random skills that you know you have that you would not think useful but actually come in super useful in the end yeah. like even for us like things things that I thought I would never want to use again like writing proposals like client proposals and stuff I'm like well you know when we oh get my God. just yeah. custom escape rooms or whatever guess what gotta write up a client proposal <laughs> I, that's the thing. Like at, at my day job right now, I'm I'm grumbling and dragging my feet and kicking and screaming and like despairing because I'm getting more involved in the proposal writing process or the it, or the um uh yeah like and the and the contract writing process and the pricing how to price somebody and and I'm I'm like no nah, I don't wanna and and uh but I'm doing it because. I'm Oh, I'm like, it's actually probably a really useful skill to have if I ever want to actually, you know, start my own business and write my own proposals for people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an enjoyable process. That was that was one thing that happened to me was I went to a career counselor and you and you one of the things she did for me was made me realize how transferable skills can be and what those skills could be. So she, she talked to me and she said, you know, I was, she's like, what are your skills? I'm like, well, it's Microsoft Excel and I can write an email and I can do this. And she's saying, no, no, no. Like, what are your skills? And I'm like, I have none. And we're like discussing it. And then she was like, well, She's like, oh, so you solve problems. I'm like, yeah, I solve problems. Everybody solves problems. How is that a how's that a skill? And then no, that's like one of my major skills on my resume. <laughs> it's like awesome. creative problem solver. And I'm like, and people are like, oh, so tell us about problem solving. And I'm like, okay, okay, um, sure. <laughs> As I've learned, you know, that is actually a skill that you could use. To be fair, I feel like you learn a lot of stuff just like off YouTube or whatever. And it's just, you know, being able to break down and think critically about a problem that's probably more important. Is that a skill, yeah. Leanne? Like going to YouTube to find the skills? Like, yes. Believe it or not. Like my poor Meta trainee skill. the other day, because he was describing how he's thinking he's failing, because he said, well, you know, because I find that like. I probably should be talking to you more because when there's something I don't know, I I look it up online and then if I still don't understand it, then I go to you and I'm like, that's actually a good skill to have. <laughs> it's like, well, that's called problem solving and that's good called good problem solving. So <laughs> I I think I think you're fine. So yeah. No, actually that's that's fair. That's how I solve literally every programming problem I have. <laughs> I'm like, internet. 
Yeah. Uh, if if most people if people if if you ever ask a bookkeeper questions and they're like, yeah, I'll get back to you, it's because they're googling it right there. <laughs> they know where to look better, but there's a lot of accounting stuff that I don't know because it's like being a doctor. You have specialties, and so there's something you've never heard of. It's like, well, uh, hang on, I just have to consult my big book over here that nobody else has access to. It's like, no, I consulted Google and I got <laughs> several. I- articles to read (laughs) i have consulted the tome of all knowledge yeah (laughs) anyway sorry now i'm tangenting for us uh so super exciting you guys have started or have been next level escapes for a while and uh done some very exciting things i haven't played your online game yet i am sorry we are getting around to all of the online games and so we you know we always Always are on the lookout for that. Or maybe I have, because Lee Fei uh, designs are, or like schedules our life. So oh, Lee Fei nice. is a volunteer at Recon, and, and you, everybody needs a Lee Fei in their life uh, because she just takes charge of everything and she's like, all right, we're doing this. And I just kind of like, okay, I don't even question what name it is, what we're like. <laughs> why we're doing it what name the escape is it's just i show up at the appointed time and an escape room starts uh so oh that I, sounds so good yes <laughs> i need to get in on this train i feel like there yes, might be a market do. for that service as well just uh just an escape room scheduler just, uh... escape room scheduler <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Especially in a pandemic. So one thing I found really interesting during your talks is you were talking about influences outside of escape rooms. And that's something that caught my eye because I'm always looking at, you know, different influences, what like escape rooms are influenced by movies, they're influenced by video games, they're influenced by theater in a way. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that people could be using that they don't they're not even aware exists um or that they're not even aware that they could be researching into mm-hmm. uh, because you know these mediums have been around for like if it's theater it's thousands of years if it's video games it's like at least 50 years now and like or at least in the form that we know them yeah i just i just feel like there's a lot of mechanics there that could be that could possibly be utilized in escape rooms but this is where I'm interested to hear your your take on it because it's tough at the same time because of that dumb timer on in the escape room and a lot of mechanics that work in 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 mediums like video games work because people have time to to learn them and to get used to them. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my launching off point <laughs> with that. And I thought, you know, we could start by talking about some of your f- more fun influences that you've had on your escape rooms. Like, uh, if there was a particular video games and stuff that you like that, you know, either subtly or heavily influence your, your games. Well, one of our games, um, uh, is sort of, if you played portal, um, we don't have the yeah. portal mechanic in the room because that's physically uh, possible. But um, I was like, athlete. you created a portal gun. Amazing. That, uh, I think oh, we'd, uh, we'd be well and truly wealthy if we made one of those. That's for yeah. sure. Um, the military would be just knocking the, at your door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. 
Um, but no, but that that's more of the reference side of things. That that one, like we just sort of subtly hinted different elements from that game, more as for fun. But in terms of mechanic, um, we played a game called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we lent, lent on the mechanic in that where you have asymmetric information. So one person has the instruction manual, for example. One person has like the controls, and they're like shouting at each other in the way that's like, <laughs> oh, this word. I'm saying this word, but the words actually say you say C but the word is not S-E-E, it's S-E-A, so they get it wrong. Right. And that's sort yeah. of, we play on that a little bit in a few different ways. Uh, that's one mm. one interesting element of one of our games. So you can definitely draw on some fun stuff from, yeah, games like yeah. that. And yeah. Oh, my God, keep talking and nobody explodes. Is, I, I've seen it done in other games, too, where, like, it's, like, very clear that somebody has played that game. And and that's and we even call it this keep talking but nobody explodes sequence sometimes when we're like, all right, guys, it's keep talking. And, and everyone's like, okay, tell me what you see and tell me what you're, you know, doing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's, like, there's games. There's also the... Um, like, for example, theatre, if there's a play called, like, The Play That Goes Wrong, and... Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yes, yep. I've seen that! Live! <laughs> oh, yes. my God! I didn't even know what I was getting into, and, and I was just like, what is this masterpiece? <laughs> yes! It was yeah. so good! Yeah. And so, you know, um, like, mechanics, less so mechanics in terms of, um, you know, things actually happening because I think there's only so many things you can use straight out of a play, <laughs> um, yeah, medium yeah. being different. But definitely one of our games then just ended up being inspired by that to be literally you are helping a terrible amateur dramatic society run a play. Oh, and so oh that's hilarious. Yeah. We just went full on audio, you know, we got like audio recordings, edited everything like fully scripted and played use that actually to play with the mechanic in a sense of can you do a more narrative heavy kind of game without needing actors without needing you know mm. all of that um because we can't afford like three or four actors per game <laughs> sadly yep. like I wish we were based in I don't know like Project Avatar I think needs like three or four people per game they were saying and I'm like that would be amazing to be able to afford that but yeah, yeah like how can we do that how can we then use the lighting make it dynamic and it kind of was a launching point in that sense for experimentation I think I think um I think I know people who've played your room yes I think I've heard of this room I've been really? online now yes oh my gosh because uh I think Danny and Bill Oh yes! Oh yeah! They they, they told me about it. Yes, the, that okay. The one that you got them to voice some stuff, and uh, I think Leafay was telling me about the room because she said, "Oh, I did it in person," and and we were and she was describing it to me, and I'm like, "Why?" Well, I, I as a as a theater nerd myself, I'm I'm like, "Oh my god, I need to play this room." So yes, um, th there's a lot of dramatics and comedy and narrative like gold to find in stories about you know co community theater <laughs> or oh, even yes. just even professional theater especially professional theater <laughs> just the the things that can go on but um you're absolutely that right right like if you're in a green room things are still going on upstairs and yeah that's cool 
there are a few things in the script where I was just like, there is no way this could possibly happen. I am exaggerating the hell out of this. Absolutely not. And then I get told, yeah, no, no, that that does happen. Yes. And that I'm like, does, what? That happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God. And for, for those who don't know, like um, the play that goes wrong and another play called Noises Off, uh, those are both shows in which, it's more so with the play that goes wrong, all you're doing is all the entire play. I can't even remember what the main story was. It's simply a play, literally, that just goes wrong. You don't even know why. You don't know the background of any of these actors. You don't hear any dialogue backstage. Uh, Noises Off is a show where it's like you see what's going on backstage and how it's affecting things up front. No, no, this one you're just seeing the result. And so you're watching characters come on and uh it's very clear when like the actors like have lost their lines or a set piece has fallen and and it gets really ridiculous and it's very hilarious so that like there's one point in the show even where like on stage there's like a balcony and i'm like that is that gonna collapse that no that's like way too dangerous to have on stage and like sure enough it's like well there you go so yeah yeah, we don't have any collapsing balconies in ours because that that would be a problem. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with uh, with players with agency and everything, and I don't think any waiver could get rid of that <laughs> liability. <laughs> you might break con- your leg specifically, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope you have a strong chaos. spine. Yeah, on the bright side, no one knows when anything actually goes wrong. <laughs> Oh, yeah, actually, that's right. The first day we opened, oh, I don't know if it spoils anything, but um, we have a a machine that pumps blood, fake blood, uh, up to to the proof or the main stage. And um, it leaks as part of the play, but it actually leaked later on in the game all over the floor. So luckily, there's a point where the the group has to move to a different area. Uh, So when they did that, they they shut the door and I was in there with a mop, frantically mopping it up in between the things. That was one point when they saw it and they're just like, oh my gosh, it's still leaking from stage. This is so realistic. (laughs) Sure. Points for authenticity. Oh dear. So yeah, that was a good opening night. (laughs) I fixed that now, I think. It hasn't leaked since. Oh, it did. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I think I think um, the the pump burned out a little bit at one point actually. So anyway, technical issues. Uh, it's it's fine. It, 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 it gloss over this when you're doing a play that goes wrong sort of room. <laughs> <laughs> I Just mean, if smoke. you're gonna if you're gonna have a yeah, if you're gonna have something go wrong in a room, it might as well be the one that's based on or like influenced <laughs> by. <laughs> Shows going wrong. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Although there was one of our rooms, so it's designed like the interior of a ship, um, and so oh. you know it looks like you're standing inside one. And the upstairs, their water pipes burst. Their hot water pipes burst. Oh, no. And so we had water leaking down from upstairs, but thankfully it was leaking into the ship room. <laughs> And the players were like, "Oh, that's very, is this? And we're like, no, there's a lot of water. Sorry, we're going to have to, please. Our ship oh, was God. sinking. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> the ship was sinking. Yeah, the ship was and sinking. And we had to shut that room for the next, like, few sessions. So that was unfortunate. But it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess the takeaway here is liquids and escape rooms. They are special. And... <sighs> Should probably avoid them, along with like glass objects. 
Oh uh-huh. yes! Oh my gosh! Yes, glass up. We had we went to an escape room with a. They had these lovely marble busts on the fireplace, uh-huh. and it was like their opening night. We went to basically, or their opening week, and we were like, "Those are gonna break." We we flat out told the owners, <laughs> and, uh, we're "Just like those are no, those are not gonna last." And and sure enough. <laughs> when we went back, like a couple months later, they had been replaced with uh, like plastic ones, basically, or uh, just yeah. like lighter ones. And it's like, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, the thing thing you quickly realize is we can't have nice things. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so in your talk, I have to bring it up. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, sorry, Aaron. Did you? Oh, I just think the other other thing, other mechanic or other game reference we did. Um, it sort of heavily influenced um, our rooms from the start. Was the Stanley Parable? Um, <gasps> okay, a, the, the humor narrator. in your escape rooms makes a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> so you've got Portal. You've got Stanley Parable. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we have a sort of like um, what's the word? Like a, a style that we go with. <laughs> Um, yeah. So our first room, um, Ex Libris, was heavily influenced by that. So we have a narrator that narrates your story throughout your oh, adventure. And they often say the occasional funny thing like, uh, our hero Stanley looked at that stain on the wall and realized it was in fact just a stain on the wall <laughs> and not useful for anything. So, we, so do you have to do the... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, we our games masters narrate the, uh, like, it has to be a live games master for hours, unfortunately. Like, it's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, um, I was like, because, like, do you, how many things would you have to pre-record? Because uh, <laughs> nah. even in the Stanley Parable, so for those who don't know, the Stanley Parable is a video game. It's a quote-unquote, and I hate the term, but it's what everybody knows, walking simulator, uh, and it, which is basically a game, it means it's a game where you're, you're not necessarily getting points interacting with or like solving a puzzle necessarily you're basically experiencing a story and it's in and parts of it are interactive like you could still interact with objects or something the stanley parable is near and dear to my heart i i've been i try to get everybody to play it and nobody seems to find it as hilarious and as wonderful as i do um but basically you're you play a guy named stanley and there's a narrator in the game and he narrates what Stanley is doing. And so you're walking through, and this isn't a spoiler for the game because it's one of the very first things to happen. Um, you enter a room and the narrator says, when Stanley entered the room, he entered the door on his left. And you have two doors in front of you and you could like pick the left or the right. Like if you want to go with the narrator's choices or if you want to break from the narrator and like you'll go to the right and the narrator starts to get kind of snippy with you and and uh starts to like you know being like try first tries to cover for it being like although he was going to go into the door on the left he went to the right fully expecting to go back to the left to get like you know and and uh there's one when i'm thinking of your escape room there's one specific scene in stanley parable where i was just sitting there howling with laughter i've never howled with laughter at anything standing still for so long um it's when i went into the broom closet in stanley parable because uh it's uh you go into the broom closet there's a broom closet it's open you go into it and he's like yep uh, Stanley went into the broom closet and realized it was just a broom closet. And then you can just stand there. And 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 you stand there and the narrator keeps coming back in being like, yep, just a broom closet. And, and 
and, and eventually he just starts to lose it more and more just being like oh what are you think you're being clever you want to go to your friends and say did you get the broom closet ending and and like and, uh, <laughs> I, was like, yes. I was like great it's a very meta very tongue-in-cheek game uh it's great yeah <laughs> So that's actually an interesting point because that was it unintentionally kind of set the um, set the path for all our future rooms in the mm. sense that when we did this one, we were just starting off. Like, you know, when you do your first room and you've not had like a ton of experience in the industry, like, right. and this is like five years ago, I don't think it was like as widespread. We were like well, you know, let's just go with this, see how it goes. And by wanting to do that kind of narrative style, it kind yeah. of then led to our other games and following in that same um, GMs are your narrator throughout the game, whether they are like Stanley mm-hmm. Parable style narrator, an AI, a um, game show host, announcer person, that kind of thing. Like yeah. it kind of just led the way. It was an inspiration that kind of ended up becoming a part of our brand. So it was, yeah, interesting in that sense. Yeah, and it's interesting how, like Aaron was mentioning, how the mechanic has to change almost because you do need a live person there mm-hmm. to, you, you don't have all the time in the world to pre-program every single possible response to how someone's going to react or interact with your room uh, or interact with the narrator even if they decide to defy oh, yeah. you and continue to stare at the stain on the wall. <laughs> that, that, that is half the fun, I think. I think it also makes our GMs a little bit more, um, well, they enjoy it a lot more. They're having oh. they're actually more fun interacting with the players as well. Honestly, so, I just want to see Errol in the room. Like, I would just... Oh, my God, if he... Oh, my God, he would He would definitely test the limits of your of your room and your GM's uh, improbabilities. So... <laughs> yeah. I'll come along to Australia and we'll lock you up then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's a good plan. Uh, we, I don't know if this is like off topic, but I don't know if we we played um the the trapped game, the audio escape room, uh, escape from Escape Island at oh. Recon. Oh, uh, that one. Yeah, we yeah. didn't have time for that one. I think because our sleep schedules were so messed up. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I think I feel like every event that there is that's international, uh, Australia just loses in the, <laughs> in the time zone. Lottery. I think we need to host Recon in Australia next year. So yeah. or the next year after, then uh, then everybody else can feel the pain. Hijack yeah. Boston. <laughs> Hashtag Hijack Boston. <laughs> I hope that doesn't tr- trend as a Twitter thing. That that sounds like it could be misinterpreted. That, yeah. Yeah, probably. It <clears throat> could get dark real come quick. After us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh, where's I going with that? Oh, yeah. So we were playing that, and they had a great little mechanic in there as well um, that, you know, kind of like if you've played Shifting Rules. Um, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And so if there's a, yeah. So anyway, in, in that you can manipulate your environments to change things in other environments and and anyway Errol was playing it and uh (laughs) at one point we had three recon moderators in there not saying anything not doing anything just watching because Errol the way that the game was and the way that trapped games run the, the audio escape rooms like you're the 
the limit is your imagination, right? You can try <laughs> anything in, in an audio escape room. You can be like, I'm going to climb up this bookshelf. And like, you know, cause like, what's going to stop you? The only thing stopping you is the G the game host who is like, you know, putting those limitations on it. Like you try and then you fall flat on your face and, uh, and that kind of thing. So, but arrow will try everything. And I mean, everything and he will try to pick up everything and he if you really want to test somebody's improv skills you put an arrow in the room with them because he will try absolutely every scenario to see what kind of a, either like if he can get the actor to crack as well to to a corpse and break character or if he could like just see what he could do and like i think the first couple of games we we were playing he he uh he he would say something like I want that shower curtain I'm gonna wear it I'm like oh you can't wear it. you put on the shower curtain I'm like okay this is the thing that's gonna happen okay cool so we'll <laughs> we'll solve the room while Errol's running around in a shower curtain and yeah <laughs> I think um I think we should get Errol down here for our like staff hiring process uh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. put him in the room and we can be like all right you you and you have a go <laughs> see how yeah. you go. Put him, put him on a Skype call too, because like, yeah, oh. or just yeah, get him on a Zoom call, and he'll just, I don't know, he'll do something. At one point in shifting rules, he was doing an interpretive dance, and <laughs> um, and but like, the 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 game host was trying to make it really clear that it wasn't needed anymore, but he wasn't finished, <laughs> so oh. like he was doing this full interpretive dance thing, and and eventually we we muted him and and. Uh, <laughs> Like, and he's like, "Why did you mute me afterwards?" It's like I was, I was being a like flower growing in the in wind, his and, oh, yeah. Yeah. in his element. Yeah. You thought I was bad, Aaron. Uh. <laughs> Do you also uh, like really test your limits in escape rooms? Uh, <laughs> there was well, one with the room. You're on a time limit. And I was like, what are you doing? It sounds like me. Oh my God, Carol, we have like five minutes left. I mean, it's, it's fine if it's an online game that you can do at your own pace. Like it's a, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you've got as long as I, but if it's like, yeah, you got 60 minutes or whatever, it's like, ah, stop it. We don't need to like yeah. try every single, every single thing. <laughs> it was an unofficial time limit and there was a Roomba and I'm pretty sure there was someone on the other end. <laughs> you're like i need to know <laughs> yes oh yeah yeah right i remember the one you're talking about yeah yes there's a room but there are lasers you know there's you gotta do things oh my goodness oh, i mean, i wanted to blow something up and i was like oh but yeah uh, it's fine <laughs> and normally i like blowing stuff up i agree but we're on a time limit so i mean oof, we already had the objective done <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the objectives you think up yourself in the room. Where you're like, but no, I must do this thing instead. Oh, that, there you go. That's actually another gaming mechanic. It's like those games where you create your own goals. Like, say, Minecraft, you create your own goal. You're like, I want to build this house. Go build it. That's true. Oh. Like, is there a way to do that in escape rooms, you think? Like, I feel oh. like there's the ones that players just do themselves, like the Errols of the world, who are like, you know, you you give them a goal, and they're like, that's nice, but I have this thing over here I'm going to do instead. Uh, and then you have one that might be intentional in that either you give it presented as a choice, or you, you make it feel like they're making a choice when they're not really, like, it might be something that they opt into without realizing it. Uh, they might think that they're thinking up this thing on their own and 
feel like that's hard to do it in escape. Actually, funny you say that because people tend to have a, like the same thought process with a few things, uh, yeah. depending on how you design it. It's just probably it's not an example from the game, but um, every time we bring well, not every time, most of the times we bring people into our stairwell to bring us down them down to the game, the, the, our lobby. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, is this part of the escape room?" Or is this? They always make the same joke every time. They're like, "Is this elevator part of the escape room?" Or is this uh, this creepy stairwell <laughs> part of the escape room? I'm like, so creating your environment, like you can definitely structure, like influence how people think about stuff. So you can probably put the idea in their head if you think about it, like if you design it. Yeah, that way. Yeah. It's not. I don't think it's too far fetched. And then sometimes they don't get it, but sometimes they do, and they think it's their idea. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah. We're like, well, what an original joke! Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, so we've heard it so before. many times. That, that said, I, I make the exact same jokes every time people come down anyway because they don't know the difference. We've just heard the we've on the other end, so we've heard it the same to like a million times. If you, if you, uh, I don't know if you want to freak somebody out. If you could try and anticipate what they're about to say and just say it at the exact same time as them. And- <laughs> oh, I haven't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that that's might for be your, uh, it's for your time travel room event. Eventually or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do a time travel room, but yeah. the mechanic, um, I've seen it in games, I guess, but um, the mechanic is is quite difficult in a physical space. Um, yeah. Yes. We were toying with something like that. Like, how can you do that kind of thing? Like, I, know, I mean, I know Scrap did a version where you can mm. kind of do it because the actor's in a separate space to you. Yeah. And yeah. so that actually makes it possible. Um, whereas, yeah, I think we were playing with the idea of one point of what if it is Groundhog Day, but you know, like things happen, but they repeat on a schedule. So you've got like repeating Mm. items. And I think that was actually an inspiration from, oh, I was playing Night in the Woods. So I don't know if you... Oh, Night in the Woods, right. Yes, where certain things happen at certain times. So if you want to do X, Y, or Z, like, and I think they do a little bit of that in Wonder Song as well. Anyway, (laughs) so getting distracted by games. But... um, Oh, no, this is what we're here for. (laughs) But, yeah, like that kind of thing. We were talking once about how, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could have a game where the things just repeat? And so only certain things happen at certain times and say, you know, like a cuckoo clock comes out at like mm-hmm. in the evening, evening, and there's something in there and, you know, you only spot it at certain times and so on and so forth. So, yeah. you know, we were thinking something like that would be cool, but then implementing it and then if you miss one, how long do you have to wait till the next round and right. the whole being mm-hmm. on the time limit, like the different medium just really, really changes it. It, it ends up working out very well in the online format with uh i'm thinking of like is it called pursuit of the assassin artist um it's the assassin artist one uh i don't know if you've if you've played it yet if you haven't please do play it as as lovers of mechanics they have a really neat one and i'm i'm not going to spoil it but it is kind of along those lines um that's and yeah uh, I think I think okay. that's what it's called. Pursuit. Yeah, of if you've got an unlimited time, then it's 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 good. Like uh, I do, I do find I played a game. What was it Graveyard Keeper? I think it was. And every like character is only available on a certain day or a certain um, day of the week. Oh, yeah. And I like I miss it. Like I I'm like doing my job and I go go to talk to the person after I've done and like I get there just as he walks away and like and he can't talk to him. I'm like I have to wait right. another seven days for this. So that that annoyed me. <laughs> but you can yeah like we we yeah there's a similar game uh called the last express um i don't know if you've ever played it uh 
I think it's on my Steam back library. I will play it eventually, but I bought it on sale. <laughs> oh, it, you know, it's it's it is um, unappreciated for its time. Uh, like it's it's very it was very much ahead of its time, and I think it uh, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. So it was a game made in ninety seven. They used rotoscoping. They uh, for the actors and that sort of thing. But the mechanic is that um, you're going on a train and you can fail at times, but the train, regardless of what you are doing, the train's moving on, right? The characters are going to do what they're going to do. And whether you're there or not to experience it is is largely up to you. So the, the very first thing that happens in the game is that you walk into a cab. Actually, no. It was kind of hilarious. The very first thing that is supposed to happen is you're supposed to walk into your cabin. There's a dead body there. Then the the question becomes, okay, what do you do? What do I do? Because, like, the porter's coming around. He wants to turn down my bed. Oh, crap. And uh, the thing is, the very, very first time I played the game, I didn't go into my cabin. I was kind of like exploring around and uh i go sit next near this german guy who's who's sort of like oh hello or this german character who's like hello you know like what um he's like who are you and and he's expecting me like it's a meeting he's expecting and because i don't know who he is he gets offended because he's looking for my partner and he's like well you know good day sir and he gets up and he walks away and i'm like where's he walking to he walks to my cabin and and then uh goes into the cabin it's just it's coming out being like help oh my god and i'm like oh, i didn't do anything with the body did i crap <laughs> all right yeah sorry i had discovered the body and i'm like oh crap well there's a body here well i'm just gonna shut that door and so you know and then what you can do is there's a little clock and you can reverse time to try <sighs> like to a certain point to see it like if you miss something or or whatever you can always reverse back to a certain point in time so that you can go and experience it at that point and and so uh it's it's an interesting mechanic they do it as well in the ill-fated uh i don't know if you've played the gabriel knight series from the 90s i know of it but only because of the mustache puzzle Yes. So Gabriel Knight 3 does a similar thing in that all the characters, like you say, if you miss it, that's it. But in the Gabriel Knight, you can't rewind as easily. So uh. it's like once once, once you've missed it, it's like, well, that character's just walked out of your life forever. I guess you'll never know that information. And you're like, oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I admit, I am a sucker for Groundhog Day style games and stuff, though. Like things like the Sexy Brutale or Elsinore, like anything that just plays with the time rewind mechanic. I'm like, give it to me. You should, uh, if it goes on sale, you should play 12 Minutes. Um, that just came out. Twelve uh, minutes. Ooh. Oh, I've heard yeah. of that. Is that where there's like um there's a initial like you're in an apartment building with like and somebody yeah. like comes in and yeah okay yeah I, I like yeah. that to you, Leanne, actually. Oh yeah. yeah, you did. It was that one, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would wait till it goes on sale. It is kind of expensive. It's a fun game, but I think they have big name talent in there, uh, like James McAvoy and William Defoe and yeah, Defoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Daisy Ridley. I think that's her name. Uh, all play yeah. characters in it. And I don't know why. Uh, like I, I was, you know, you 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 kind of listen to their performances, and they're great. But there's nothing really like of like, did they need a listers for this game? I feel like a good voice actor would have done just as fine a job, and probably been cheaper. But you know, well, <laughs> all about the, the marketing. Names, if it sells it, like yeah, yeah, marketing can be everything. 
At any rate, yeah, that mechanic would be fun. Tough in an escape room. I did something rather cruel during uh, my workshop, at least the last workshop I had. Um, I had I had rules in place, like certain parameters, and I didn't have yeah. many. Like, it was things like, all right, we're doing a brick and mortar escape, you know, uh, do it mid, like, you know, mid budget kind of range. Don't don't make your thirteenth mm-hmm. gate game or whatever. <laughs> um, but then I had and I had a, a no serial killers rule because I, I hate serial killers, and mm-hmm. uh, and then I had one other rule, but I ended up replacing it. And the rule was no time travel because <laughs> I love <laughs> I I love time travel stories. And there was a couple of time travel ideas that were coming out, uh, but time travel is just so hard to do and needs a lot of time and this was a mm-hmm. two hour workshop and I was like you're and I was like and you're not gonna do it well and you're probably gonna make my head hurt and uh no no, no time travel guy everybody <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell that well, at least one person was kind of disappointed by that. <laughs> I was like, oh. like I love it too. I love time travel, but it's so easy to screw up. So I think that the medium makes such a big difference though like you really really have to build for the medium that's like Mm -hmm. I think we found this especially when we were going like when we went to lockdown for the first time just because suddenly you know people were like yes we're thinking how do you translate a game from you know like our physical games from to an online version can we do it zoom because that's what everyone's doing you know the right the games master with a rig and everything. Mm-hmm. But we realized that the issue with so many of our games is that we designed them to be really tactile, to be there in person, and it lost so much mm-hmm. when you just had a games master on a, on based, a, on a rig. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in the end... We did do we did do an online version of one of our games, um, just a different one that we designed for another location. But even that one, we made we had to make medium specific changes to. Like there was because you can't you don't have the physical like there's a nice lock and there's a nice thing. So what can you do yeah. instead? Like add more narrative to it. You know, really build out on that. Yes, or, I, I yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, or just add on the background music, add extra sound effects, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I suddenly found it was interesting seeing the the online escape room evolve because suddenly people were doing character work all of a sudden. <laughs> they re- it, it didn't take long to catch on that if you had an interesting character to talk to in your re- remote avatar experience, um, that helped make up for the fact that you didn't get to touch the objects and, and that sort of thing. And it's yes. like, oh, look at that! Characters are suddenly important now. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was good though. Oh, I had yeah. to cut out so much story from that room that I got to put back into the online one. Oh, that's true. Like if people aren't, if you don't have a timer on it, right? It's it's so much more freeing. Yeah, it blew up from like a thirty to forty minute average room to like two hours. <laughs> 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 people just like to explore a little bit themselves and enjoy the enjoy the space like without any pressure as well i think they, that's a good a good way of moving for the online ones um mm. yeah so it works well when you don't have an avatar um in that sense but obviously with an avatar you need to keep the 
<laughs> keep yeah. the time limit. So when you say you put a lot of story back into it, was that most like was that within the environment or was it like um how, how do you how do you manage that without overwhelming? A lot of it was through the environment, just because there are things there that you're going to click, that you're going to examine. And I'm, like, personally a really big fan of environmental storytelling, weaving the things into, um, you know, objects in the space to puzzles that you would naturally interact with or do. Like, Mm -hmm. one of our games, um, Artifact, you've kind of you've got to get to know these two characters who have you know been disintegrated I don't think that's too big of a spoiler mm-hmm. um and you've got to get to know them through the objects around the room but they're also part of the puzzles so in our, one of our games artifact for example like just weaving the voice into the props I think or into the things you interact with so for example you're going through a notebook in one of them and it says something like um get revenge for the car mirror that so-and-so destroyed. I know it was you, you asshole, or whatever. (laughs) And that's actually a signpost to, hey, this this object is linked to this particular puzzle, by the way, guys. And in using the voice, like, I think from what I found, I guess maybe because I also come from, like, a, like, writing books background, um, Mm -hmm. like, having the voice of the characters woven into the items in the room and just like all the little things that you see and read and like I don't mean a whole log, I just mean like a poster on the wall or whatever. Yeah. Like that. Oh, I, I love that kind of stuff. Like I love playing games like Gone Home, for instance, and uh, oh, I use yes. that one a lot yes. as an example of like here's how a little post-it note Here's how much a little post-it note could say about somebody, like a yes. note they scrawled to somebody, right? <laughs> and it's exactly. like, were they, were they hurried? Were they, they're talking to their daughter and stuff? It's like you just see this little uh, note there, and and maybe there's a little like, maybe they drew a little happy face on it at the end or whatever. It's like it could say a lot depending yes. on, yeah, yeah. Something I as simple think- as font can like say so much about a person like the font you choose to use for something like is it a cutesy kind of font is it uh you know like scratched on and marked is it wingdings um sorry <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I remember wingdings no, was it like comic sans i think is did the they use well. comic sans for their did email they- <laughs> <laughs> i oh my gosh i my, my my friends who are graphic designers and illustrators and stuff i just constantly hear the comic sans <laughs> Uh, rants and papyrus. She went and saw Avatar in theaters, and and, and, the, and the papyrus rants have gone on for years. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. There is only one instance in which I will excuse Comic Sans and papyrus and games, and that is Undertale, in which the characters yes. are actually named Sans and Papyrus. That's, that's it. That's yeah, absolutely. Not even using using it ironically, or <laughs> no, okay. Oh. Um, also, with with this sort of thing, where I'm adding the story into the thing, I find that like most players don't quite pick up on it, but when you do, it like really does hit home. Like uh, people, yeah. like, when they do see it, it's good. Uh, but yeah, I'd say like eighty percent of players just like puzzle, 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 puzzle. Yeah. But, um, but the ones Absolutely. who do do actually appreciate that will look for it, and they they enjoy the room so much better. It also helps us because if we if we have a 
holes in our narrative and stuff like that, it kind of hurts. Someone us will find it. And somebody will yeah. find it. Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll be like, oh, no. Yeah, that's what I tell people too. I'm like, you're not making this like the people who don't notice it will still benefit from it because you have a consistent game and everything and have a consistent narrative. Um, but you're also making it for those five people who are going to come in and, and notice these things. You're going to do that research because you're going to get the one Daisy nerd out there. Who's going to come in and find out <laughs> you got the wrong daisies for your room or whatever. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I swear we've done that for something. I can't remember what. Either way, either way, I'm pretty sure somebody was like an absolute like uh, expert on something came in and like they picked something to shreds. I can't remember what. Yeah. Anyway, it it was there. It was something. It happened. It does happen. I'll vouch for that. Yeah, and even just like all the small Easter eggs and references, like because we are nerds and just because we like it, we will throw in a lot of them. And you know, ten. I don't know nine out of ten people don't get the like it goes to eleven reference on our knobs, right? And yet oh. the ones that do are just like yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you know, just even the portal references where they see like shell on the bottom because like nice. I literally replicated like we replicated this entire potato poster from Portal Two. <gasps> Potato. Oh, I don't have it anymore. My friend made me a potato. Uh, a potatoes. Aww. Yeah. That was, That's so uh, cool. With a real yeah. potato? Like, or do you have to With replace With a real the potato. potato. Oh. I have to replace the potato every once in a while. You know. Oh, is, is it a battery as well? Does it, like, actually charge up and light up? It does not. No. Ah. It, was a, it was a quick prop she made. And, yeah. That's still but cool. It was, it was very, very lovely. Changing gears slightly, I guess. Like I, I have to mention this game because I'm in love with the game and uh, I would love to see something like it in escape rooms, which is uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, which somehow made logic puzzles narrative heavy. Uh, oh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like it's the most... It's the most entertaining logic puzzle I've ever played, basically. Yes. And it's it's a game where you play, and again, the concept of it is like, what? Okay, cool. You play an insurance claims investigator who has a magic death watch. Um, like you're you're basically this ship went missing years ago, and suddenly it's just appeared in port, and you have to go on and figure out what happened and you know how much insurance can people get from this and for like the families of the people who are on the boat and so how you do that is you go on the boat and you eventually you'll you might find some bones or something like that and you can hover this magic death watch over it and see the moments before they died uh but it's like all presented in diorama form and 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 from that you're so you're you're so you glean clues about who they were about how they were killed who killed them uh and it's environmental like i love that it uses so much of the environment to help yeah yeah that's that's a great example and i'm like man It'd be cool to see something like this at an escape. Like if you if a scene was revealed somehow that that was kind of like a tableau type scene where uh, where everything is kind of still, but you can see the moments and and pick out details from it and and solve a puzzle somehow that way. But yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, I'm just we- trying to think how to do it. I was just thinking <laughs> well, like one way you could have a huge screen. Like I, I you couldn't do it like. 
uh, yeah, like a huge screen maybe, and that plays yeah. out the scenes in the in the scene. As every time you sort of detect something in the room or get get to something in the room, you, it shows you like the story of that on this huge like view screen thing. That's that's yeah. I can think of that. You could but... play psychics. The the players could be oh. psychics, right? You pick up an object and the memory oh, associated yeah. with it <gasps> plays on the screen. So it's like that's the vision you're getting for the for the yeah. object. That's actually really cool. Idea. A, if you put it on a pedestal <laughs> cool. or something, and then... someone make it do it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we have been known to like uh, do requests for people. I think uh, one of, our, one, of um, one of the enthusiasts in um, in Australia basically asked us to put a fridge in a room where something happens with it, and we ended up doing that. So, <laughs> um, so maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll have a have a go at a psychic yes. uh, a psychic link or whatever. Yeah, no, that, that's actually not a bad idea. I gotta say, I think we're vaguely doing something like that with the space game at the moment. So we're making another online game. And Woo. like, there is a lot of, you've got to use the environmental cues to piece things together, like from different bits and pieces, which, yep. okay, that is probably because I like those kind of puzzles. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's quite a bit of that happening. And I'm just like, if you could, yeah, I think if you can bring something like that as well into an escape room format, I think the issue is that a lot of players go in with certain expectations right. and a lot of what we found is that so much of it is like signposting. You've got to mm. signpost so much and giving them free reign. Like yeah. you'll get the enthusiast. You'll 100% get the enthusiast and they but- will love it and they'll be great. But then for like 80, 90% of the people, they'll just be like, what do we do? What? (laughs) It's it's tough because, yeah, like in video games, you can have a tutorial, a training session, something that can ease you into the mechanics without Mm -hmm. uh, like and and kind of you end up naturally thinking about it. Because I find sometimes when I try to describe a mechanic to somebody, I can't. But I am so ingrained in it at that point. I'm like, I know it doesn't feel like it makes sense what I'm talking about right now. But trust me, it's really intuitive. And, uh, yes. and uh, like, I find they're like, so why do you do that? Like, even describing Portal to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Once you're once you've gone through five levels of Portal, you are just like in, and you kind of get. But trying to describe to somebody the mechanics of Portal. It's really hard without without the their eyes kind of glazing over being like, I'm sorry, what? Like, how do you know where you are? Why is this fun? <laughs> I tried describing it to a friend once as look, it's just two things. Speedy thing goes in, speedy thing comes out. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> no. Actually, it might be a side topic, but there is an there's a I think a, a mod of the game made by um uh, the community, I think, uh, it's hmm. where you also have portals that go in time. So, oh, yeah, I think it's called Portal Reloaded. Um, so I that was that was it. quite interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's basically all the same portal stuff, but you can also like go to the future and then come back, and it's okay. it's very. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to explain the mechanic to you like any more than that. Cause yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's one of those, like, I'm like, I feel like I wouldn't get that game, but I know that if the onboarding and the training yeah. uh, and the teaching of the mechanic is good, then you then it just kind of comes naturally to you, and then you just feel like you've always known how to do this. 
but yeah. escape rooms it's a lot harder to do that because of the time factor and well, and onboarding that kind of stuff might be yeah, yeah. You, you can do it a little bit in terms of like we basically start off with simpler puzzles at the start as a, mm-hmm. a starting mm-hmm. point that's definitely uh, the way to go you want to give them a few quick wins at the start i guess um mm. but um uh, we have a mechanic in one of our room where we use like letter tiles on a, on a thing. And once you figure that out, that's reasonably explanatory, mm-hmm. but that's not quite mm. what you're going at. Um, yeah. But I'm thinking like artifacts. So one of our games where literally the first puzzle forces you to use an actual tool tool to open yeah. something that we deliberately put in there as the first one to let people know, you know, Hey guys, this is going to be, the kind of game where you may need to use like the objects that you find in the room in more practical kinds of ways um, mm-hmm. and set them up, like set up that expectation before they then go into the room proper. Okay. Okay. Did we do that on purpose? Did we? I thought we, were, I thought we lucked out in that one. <laughs> that was not a fluke. That was deliberate. Oh, okay. Leanne's claiming the deliberate. All right. <laughs> I will claim this to the end of my days. Hey, in, re- in retrospect, yeah, I mean, like I would do that in future. So I guess it may as it could have been. Yep, sure, okay, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Oh dear. Now you stumble on a few things. You stumble on a few things as you go along. Like you fluke some stuff, and then you like this yeah, works. Like- and if this doesn't, you get rid of it. So it's like natural selection with puzzles. It works. If it works, it stays in, <laughs> or it gets uh, yeah, gets the cut. So we're just over an hour at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask a couple more questions of you guys. Sure. Uh, so one of them being pie in the sky ideas. Like what would you love to see in escape rooms that you oh. have that seems impossible? Like that, uh, from, like that you something that you love in either like movies, video games, whatever uh, that you haven't seen yet. A Doctor Who TARDIS room. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Combine science fiction, like time travel, and just like random locations, and like you go, yeah, yeah, I want that. Oh, I was but like, well, you, I'm like, you could have a TARDIS. You walk in, there's the spaceship, but I guess I, I want the yeah, if the, you walking you want in the and adventure, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the whole thing. <laughs> And then you get to pick the the time and place. And, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's like yeah, <laughs> that, that's where we can get Errol in to break the room. You're like, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to go there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I think for me, maybe it's not as pie in the sky, but it's similarish in the sense like you are on a spaceship of some sort and you are doing missions, like you're on the bridge, like I guess Star Trek style and everyone's just, you know, working together in their own kind of like doing the missions to get the spaceship to wherever or getting it to where it has to be. I think the other one is definitely still the Groundhog Day style room. Like I Mm. just want one where you can like go back and forth and then right. you go into one, you do some stuff, you go back to the other, and it's changed based on what you did in that first room. Oh, that's like an in-person experience. That would be cool, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about a submarine one? I mean, we toyed with a random idea of a submarine that was actually sinking. Flooding. <laughs> <laughs> flooding. Oh, my God. Yeah, a flooding. flooding. <laughs> a room with a bit of water in it. Like, I don't think it's viable at all because I feel like the mold issues would be a problem, but it would be kind of cool, like very novel to like have a ship that's sinking or something. You're like, oh, crap. Like, you um, see the water coming. Oh, yeah. You see the, the water mold. coming in and you can actually yeah. touch it. 
Yeah, I'm not so sure about water in escape rooms, as I've mentioned from our previous, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. our previous experience with water hasn't been very good, so we might keep away from that. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, this is some ideas. Yeah, that can, that can serve as your timer too, right? The water level, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Like, if I, mean, I had all the money in the world, a room where you can have like three or four actors, like just yes, four yeah. Group where they are all playing the different roles and you can interact with them and they respond, like improv respond. Yeah. Like we did play one once where it was an art heist. I think I can safely talk about this because they were a temp one and they've closed now. Mm -hmm. Um, But you had to go steal an artwork from an art gallery and they literally Mm -hmm. had security guards walking around while it was happening and you're like, you know, um, don't look at me and – pose against the wall and just like pretend you're a chameleon and then they can choose how they want to react i feel like that's the same game i played somehow i don't know if it was that one in australia or yes it was in okay australia. Never mind that. i played a similar thing then in, in the netherlands and oh. that was where sherlock came in the vault and yes. similar thing i i've never felt more thrilled in my life than when i was lying to an art gallery owner we've talked yeah. about doing um one of our pie in the sky ideas is we would love to have a a weekend at a small inn or something and Ooh. have a an escape event hosted in there um, with like you know you know a few players who get their own rooms and one of the mechanics would be going out at night and kind of spying on the other <sighs> characters and what they're doing and that kind of thing and gathering information or or experiencing events during the evening i know that people i, I know that there's owners out there or designers out there who have who've said like yes we have we have a, an escape room in our hotel and i'm like no, no no i want i want like a completely intimate experience mm. right I yeah i think like that the- was like a eight hour one on a train in the netherlands at one point like heard about that we did a three-hour one on a train that was our thing and that's cool um and 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 it was it was like much smaller scale the train was moving and everything it was a dinner theater type of thing that we did uh and bottlenecks in trains are a thing i just just said this Ah. on my last podcast interview too (laughs) it's like god getting people (laughs) but the the reason it's a pie part of the reason it's a pie in the sky idea is like i would want no more than four players (laughs) it's completely as a business model completely Uh, non-viable i was was gonna say you need if you have like uh 50 to 100 players and you can definitely do something like that um but the problem is yeah yeah it's not gonna yeah yeah we had to do a design once or at least come up conceptually with one for it was for like this heritage kind of a site yeah. and so they were asking us about that and we were talking about it and we realized that one of the biggest challenges is just the throughput that you need like just from a strictly yes. business sense and how do you get you know how do you get 40 50 people at one time like in a mm-hmm. session and how do you get them through in a way that doesn't impede the experience too much, but still gives you that nice puzzling aspect. Yeah. Yeah. We, we found you like, yeah, rethink everything. Yeah. We did three kind of Sorry. events like that where you, where we had a uh, 80 to hundred people. The first one we ran, there was one horrible bottleneck that uh, we couldn't figure out. And then the, 
or like th- that everybody kind of had was basically lined up to experience this event and then oh. we kind of figured it out and we figured out like that when it came to the flow of people there would always be you could you could guarantee that there's going to be a group of a small group of enthusiasts at the beginning then there's the mass in the middle of most of the other people and then there's like the stragglers at the end who uh, maybe need a little bit more help, but we don't help them until the end because we don't want everybody going through at once. So we actually planned it based on experience levels, and that actually worked pretty well uh, oh, as long as we uh, were able to figure out that middle mass was the most difficult one <laughs> and funneling them through the the experience. Yeah. Yes. I think like, the I other think we... issue is puzzle, hmm? like puzzle resets. You can't have anything that. Like no. if somebody solves is just permanently there or it needs to be reset because yeah yeah that's, that's oh yeah there's like permanently there we had guards one of our mechanics was um, stealing uh, like pickpocketing a guard and oh, right. the yeah. guard had like ten notebooks in their pocket uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to do it <laughs> and there were like seven guards around or like ten guards around the room so like. <laughs> You know, I mean, was, uh, the immersion's kind of like a little bit lost on that, but that's okay. yeah, yeah. It's like oh, it's got to be at some point, you know, something's got to give. And yeah. but yeah, yes. like otherwise, you're right. We used permanent objects around the room that didn't have to be manipulated, uh, that people could still get information from. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah, we kind of found I think even just with our general games because we designed some of them for larger groups, like multi-linear is just a lifesaver just making sure that you know when you have 10 people there's not like you're not cramming them around one puzzle there are at least three or four different yeah. things they can do at any one point yeah um, otherwise that was the one benefit of actors actually is that you know when you have teams of six to eight people somebody <laughs> on the team is gonna be willing to talk to the actors it yeah. was very rare where someone wasn't there was one group actually that that didn't want to socialize at all and hated the experience um but i was like one out of however many that's pretty good odds uh they they stood in the middle of the room and they were like clearly hating everything and so we kind of went up to help them uh but uh otherwise like somebody is gonna like the sneaking aspects. One person's might like the person. There's gonna be someone who just loves to sit at the table and and fill out the puzzles and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there's just having something for everybody to do is so important in those in those uh, events. Yeah, and I kind of figure with the groups that hate it. I mean, in the end, what are you doing there? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, really? it's sort of like well, what were you expecting? Um, there was one couple, and uh, we've told the story on the podcast before, but uh, there was one couple in our train event who didn't know that it was an escape experience, and they thought it was basically just like going to be dinner theater. And so they, we went up to them, you know, and they paid ninety dollars for their ticket, right? Like, so it's it wasn't a cheap wasn't a cheap experience, but they were like, look can you just leave us alone? Like, we don't want to do the puzzles. Like, we, like what, what is this? What are we doing right now? And, and we were like, well, it's, it's a game and stuff. They're like, do you mind? Like, this is lovely. We we're loving. There's a bar car. Uh, we love sitting here, eating dinner, watching the scenery outside the train. Um, so we're happy to just do that. Like, just, just let stay us here. Eat. Just let us. Yeah. And we were like, 
Okay, and they basically tore up their puzzles and were like, sat there, had a lovely date. Uh, you know, um, and I, 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 I was like, are you sure? Like, they were completely happy. They weren't pissed off at all. They just are like, we don't want to do the puzzles. And but we, it wasn't like we we had advertised this as an escape room, uh, or like as an escape event. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what you thought you'd be getting, but okay, if you don't if you don't want to do the puzzles, you don't have to do the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. testament to good design. You can still have a good time without the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> there was alcohol, so it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, have at it. Oh, alcohol <laughs> in escape rooms, that's another whole Yeah, that was a lesson we learned. That was that was uh yeah. Learned that quickly, were, yeah. Yeah, we, learned that we, pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, when when we first opened, we had a group come in. They wanted a last minute booking, and um, they they paid for their tickets. And what a there was like eight of them, and one of them just spent the entire game sitting on the floor because they Sleeping. were way too either drunk or tired. So, I mean, yeah, I mean they knew it was an escape room as well. <laughs> And some of them have a really good time. Like one yeah, of yeah. them was like went in giggling her head off saying, wow, this is such a bad idea because I can't even read anything. It's all blurry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're creating a story for themselves at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, remember that time I got super drunk and went into an escape room and couldn't read anything. Well, we could obviously talk for like three more hours on on the video games we love and the movies we love and the theater we love and how that influences escape rooms. We didn't even talk about music, man, music would be a a great one too. Uh, But at any rate, thank you so much, Aaron and Leanne for joining me here today and for talking through some of your processes and, and man, I, I, the fact that Stanley parable is, is one of your, influences makes me yeah i was like well if i didn't play your room already i have to check with lee fay like did we play it yes i can't well it's not the influence of the online room but (laughs) if you've ever read a book called this is how you lose the time war that may be an influence of sorts (laughs) on the online room if people would like to find you or play your games or just, you know, chat you up, where can they go? Um, so just head over to nextlevelescape.com.au. You can find us in there. You can see, if you're in Sydney, you can see our games, which are currently shut, but hopefully will be reopened on the 18th of October, I believe, if the government is <laughs> to be believed. Um, otherwise, we have an online game, Temporal Tangle Online, um, which is a physical game we converted to the online um, arena. And we're currently working on a second online game as well, which hopefully will be out in, I don't know, a few weeks. Yay. Maybe Aaron's laughing. Before the end October of the month is our deadline. <laughs> yeah, October 17th. Yeah. <laughs> but oh man, talk about music influences randomly though. And maybe yeah. you can edit this out later. No, no, no. That just reminded me. Um, because it was interesting. I was having issues trying to get a puzzle for one or two aspects of the game and working out how to get the story integrated. And I was just like, look, I just need to do just something to decorate the room. So because this is to do with AIs. AI. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to do the 10 AI learning commandments, vaguely possibly based on um, what the 10 dual commandments from Hamilton. Oh my God. <laughs> 
said it, literally number one demand satisfaction. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. But oh, wow. it actually ended up feeding into a lot of the puzzles and narrative after, like just unintentionally, but it just worked out that way. And I'm like, music influences? There you go. <laughs> you can do it. That's hilarious. Man. Well, I didn't realize you based it on that. So that's me. <laughs> Aaron's <laughs> learning so much this podcast. <laughs> uh, well, how about that? All right. Well, thank you once again for joining me, and we'll have to talk again, of course, and uh, about Definitely. all sorts of things. There's just not enough time in the world. <laughs> yes. Sounds all right. Good. I will Great. talk us out. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. I love getting emails. And you can go to Facebook, click like on the Facebook page, Room Escape Divas. And we still have community meetups every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time or whatever it is right now. Uh... And if you are using Twitter, you could try using the hashtag REDivas. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.